all men are beasts, Zach. Okay, well, I was hoping not to get that cynical till I was at least 40. Look, don't make me start quoting Jack London at you. Aren't we reading the Clipsnote version of that for English? Some of us are. I bet you were just thinking about handling the Oz full Monty. No, I'm still getting used to the idea of half a Monty. Oh, okay. Wait, which half? Wouldn't you like to know? Mm-hmm. Never mind, I need a snack. I think I'll have three different kinds of jello. At least there's fruit in it. Those are marshmallows. This week, the Buffy Gays recap Season 3, Episode 4 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Beauty and the Beasts, A Tale as Old as Time. We'll share behind-the-scenes trivia we found while standing watch over our werewolf friend. We'll be a couple of cold-blooded jelly donuts as we rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 steaks. And we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moment of the episode once we've had a chance to shackle our shirtless, once-hellbound lover in a dilapidated mansion. So settle into your library cage, grab an assortment of jello, and get ready to smoke on campus even though you're a school employee and it really doesn't seem like something that would be appropriate to do at work. <coughs> oh, right, uh, with your Buffy, Buffy Gaze. gaze. <coughs> <coughs> oh, gotta stop smoking. Patent pending. <laughs> Patent pending. Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher Or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth. We invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze. Hey, Zach. Hey, Kyle. Uh, what a lovely uh, Friday evening it is. Mm. Uh, recapping Beauty and the Beasts for the first time. The first time <laughs> ever. I I have, haven't even seen this episode before. Yeah, what even is the show? Just kidding. Obviously, had, did you see my uh, the thing I posted for last week? The little announcement thing I posted? I, I did not. I was like, uh, I titled it, Moloch has corrupted this week's episode. <laughs> and I was like, Kyle forgot about Moloch and scanned some books into his computer. And now the episode is gone or something like Thanks that. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Now there's a demon in the internet. Thanks a lot, Kyle. He's, yeah, I, It's okay. He's gotten really distracted by Bitcoin. Oh God! Don't even joke about that. <laughs> yeah, I got. Uh, I I did a I did a bad. We we were we we're doing so good having an episode banked up that I forgot that uh, last week's episode was still on the SD card when I formatted it for space, and Oops. so that whole conversation is gone. Rip. Uh, so sorry, everyone. My bad. <laughs> that kind of bummed me out on my uh, Sunday. Mm. But uh, we're we're coming back stronger than ever, aren't we, Zach? Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get into. Oh, actually, before we start, this gives me a great opportunity to talk about the teacher's pet curse. Mm. I've talked. I've told you about the teacher's pet yes. curse, right? So, uh, sometime in the past few weeks, becoming Buffy, another Buffy podcast, wonderful. Go listen to them. 
Uh, they had something on their Instagram stories referring to Teacher's Pet and how they had to re-record it, like, something ridiculous, like, seven times. <laughs> and I messaged them, and it's like, we had to re-record that, too. And we were like, wow, that episode's cursed. And then, very recently, another new Buffy podcast. I want to say it's called, like, Watcher Files or something. It could be a different one. I don't know. I'm sorry if you hear, like, scratching in the background or something. Our cat is, like, doing something crazy in a box. Yeah, he always waits until we start recording and then makes the most noise possible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so that other podcast also had to delay their teacher's pet because of some technical issues. And so we're like, oh, my God, there actually is a curse on this episode. Uh, I just thought that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now we're having to re-record another bad fourth episode of the season. <laughs> when we watched the episode earlier to prepare for this again, Zach was like, you couldn't have deleted a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> right. So spoilers about how we feel about this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, do you have any trivia for Beauty and the Beast? I do. So Beauty and the Beast first aired on Tuesday, October 20th, 1998. The episode was directed by James Whitmore Jr., his third time behind the camera, previously directing Dead Man's Parte and I Only Have Eyes Parati. A respectable track record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Decent. Ish. Hmm? Mm-hmm. A pretty uh, decent episode. A good and an okay. <laughs> a good and an infuriating. Wait, which, oh, okay. I was going to say which one's which, but you answered <laughs> the question. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh. <laughs> This in, this made me laugh at first, and then I was like, aw. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, homophobia. But oh, yeah, we love it. it. Uh, so Oz's werewolf form changes in this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, first, it was a lot more uh, wolf-like uh, and had a, like a wolf face that was animatronic. And now he's but... like a man-bear pig. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect description. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, um, so they changed it. Um, there's no real like description of why, but um, my suspicion is that it was just like too expensive to do this weird little animatronic mm-hmm. head that couldn't really do that much. Yeah. And uh, anyway, among the production staff, this new makeup was referred to as the gay possum. <laughs> I still don't understand. We've talked about this, of course, last time, and I still don't understand why. Like, what happened? How did they come up with that? Maybe it's one of those weird inside jokes that it's only funny if you were there. Maybe. Yeah, I I just don't understand. That's so funny. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I laughed. I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Uh, Anyway. um, So, yeah. Anything Uh, else? That's uh, that's it, I think. I've got one. Whoa. Phil Lewis, who's in this episode as Mr. Platt, also Mm -hmm. plays Mr. Mosby in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, which I I saw him in this episode the first time, and I was like, (gasps) that looks like Mr. Mosby. And then I was like, I have to, I have to, like, look this up. Because if if I make this claim and it's not him, that would be really bad. Mm -hmm. But it is him. It is Mr. Mosby. It is, in fact... Mr. It's Mosby. kind of like you could be, it would be okay for you to like be like, oh, that's not Mr. Mosby because Mr. Mosby doesn't have the same facial. Like uh, in, in this, Mr. Platt has like some really nice facial hair, but Mr. Mosby, I think, is like always clean shaven. And he's the hotel, uh, I don't know what actually, the hotel manager. Mm. And <laughs> the Dylan and Cole Sprouse 
and uh, Brenda Song and Ashley Tisdale are always, you know, doing wacky antics and annoying him. That <laughs> <laughs> was a very comfortable face for me to see. So this is uh, where we last, when we last recorded this, we highlighted our, our gap in ages. Because yeah, I was you like, you've never about... seen The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody? Yeah. It's like 2005, I think. So I, no, I have not seen. You would have been you would have been too old for Disney shows. Too elder, too elderly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would have been like 16, I think, when it started. Something like that. Mm-hmm. All right, the writer of this episode is Marty Knoxon, returning again. So uh, back, 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 back again. Back, 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 back again. More yes, scores in the Vatican. So, Zach, before we get into our detailed episode discussion, would you like to give a disclaimer for our listeners? I would. So it's time for us to move on to the segment where we dive deep into the episode and share our thoughts. I don't know what this voice is. Mm. Don't worry if you haven't seen the whole series. You needn't be afeard, uh, for we shan't spoil anything. Save the cheekiest for shadowing. Only the cheekiest. <laughs> Man, we are we'll be here turning cheeks. Well, we're turn left one cheek, two cheek, red cheek, blue cheek. I used that joke before. (laughs) It's okay. It's a decent one. (laughs) So let's do it. Let's do it. We open up with Sarah Michelle Geller reading a passage from Call of the Wild by Jack London. With the camera running through the forest. Yes. A uh, wild camera. Yes, a wild camera running through the forest chasing its rabbit prey. A herd of wild ponies running free across the plains. <laughs> yes. That's that's from Daria, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, this time around, I was like, oh, yeah, they are showing the forest. So it's kind of like it's kind of like maybe we're singing through Angel's eyes while we're mm-hmm. hearing this voiceover. Also, or Oz's eyes. Or... Is, or Pete's, Pete's eyes. eyes. Just kidding. It's Angel's eyes. Absolutely for sure. Probably. Actually, no. It could be Pete's eyes, couldn't it? Mm, I mean, based on it's probably not Oz's. He probably didn't the get open out. scene. Well, Angel was running around in the forest shirtless. So yes, it could be either Angel or Pete, because Pete's the one who actually killed the guy. Mm-hmm. Probably. Definitely. Definitely yes. 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 <laughs> yes. You forget the episode already. We just watched. It. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, I mean, I would be fine if that had happened. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, something I noticed this time around was Buffy never actually is shown reading this in the episode. So I'm like, mm. are they just using Sarah Michelle Geller? Like, what was the... I wonder why they chose this exactly. I mean, obviously, it's because of the connection with Angel. Right. Uh, but I was like, are we supposed to be hearing Buffy saying it? Or is it just supposed to be a voice? It's probably supposed to be Buffy. But we don't ever actually see her reading it in the episode, which is just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. It ends up cutting to Willow actually reading out to Oz, uh, which is very cute. Like, she's staying in the library watching over his werewolf With body. her wild man. Yes, her wild man. Very pig. And when she <laughs> yes, and when she mentions the rabbits, he attacks the door of the cage. Wow. And she's like, I guess, you, I guess that got you all riled up or something like that. Mm. And that's when Xander enters the library looking sexy in his uh, long mm-hmm. sleeve gray shirt and red pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the <laughs> the shirt we've discussed, which hugs his titties real nice. Right, right, right. Well, did we, we discussed it in the episode that was deleted, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, we have discussed his titties looking nice in a, in a sweatshirt before. Oh, we did? But in season one. In a different one. episode? Yes. Oh. 
I thought he only wore giant baggy clothes in season one. No, there was an episode where he had, I think it was one of those shirts with like the stripe across the chest mm. or something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I did like one of the first things I thought when I saw this for the first time was uh, like for rewatching for the podcast was like, damn, men Nicholas look Brennan so much looking sexier. good in this shirt. Men look so much sexier when they're not wearing clothes that are eight sizes When you can see their big. bodies. They're not wearing wizard robes. Yes, exactly. I was like, what? It, it, I have a comment about that later in the episode, too. There's someone out there for whom wizard robes are, is a kink. <laughs> yes. So Xander and Willow discuss how Xander's coming to take over for Willow because she has to study for a test. And uh, she like gives him some instructions and tells him how there are some clothes in the file cabinet and there's a towel hanging up for modesty for when he changes back and is Nikki. <laughs> uh, and he, Xander's like, I don't need that. I can handle the Oz full Monty. I mean, not like that. He goes, he's basically goes no homo. Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, actually, it's not for him. It's for me. I, I've, I haven't. E- I'm still getting used to half a Monty. That's when Xander's like, which half? And mm-hmm. she says, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> it's very cute, very funny. Uh-huh. Some a little, uh, little girl talk between Xander and Willow here. It's also really funny, just imagining Willow and Oz hanging out, and Oz is just naked from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is just like how this is just how I hang out in my house. You're gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> She's like, I've seen everything from the waist down, but I ha- I can't handle the topless part. I feel like if it were a societal convention for us to like be able to re- relax around other people in our home bottomless then like a lot of things would be different you know like maybe for the better (laughs) (laughs) right like what if we didn't have this mysticism around genitals what if what if uh willow that's the new marvel that's going to be season two of what if episode one (laughs) what if all superheroes didn't wear pants yeah (laughs) um so willow gives xander the tranquilizer gun and while they're talking xander is just like waving it around eventually he like points it at her face or something and she's just kind of casually grabs it while talking to him and puts it away is very funny and so he's talking about all the ways he's gonna stay up and willow leaves and immediately he lays down on the table and rests his head on the book he brought and i was mm-hmm. like what the actual yeah, that was fuck, call of Xander? the wild it was call of the wild because they talked about it. oh she oh yeah she gave it to him to read to oz mm-hmm. yeah because he was like aren't we reading the cliff notes of that for english mm-hmm. <laughs> but like oh my god xander like didn't are, even try this is the <laughs> he's awful he's terrible <laughs> it's, it's i mean i guess ma- I, I maybe they just thought it was funnier and you know, for brevity than showing him trying to watch Oz and like well, slowly I mean, falling asleep. I d- but like I don't. I completely believe that Xander would do this. Like I'm not <laughs> complaining about the writing. I'm complaining about Xander himself for being a fucking dumbass. Mm. Imagine complaining about Xander. Like <laughs> imagine. Uh, so we cut to the graveyard where Faith and Buffy are talking about uh, whether Buffy's ever caught kids doing the ditty here in the graveyard. <laughs> She's got her. I was doing Faith's Boston accent. I don't, I don't think it sounded anything like that. Here in the graveyard. <laughs> she, it's non-rhotic. Uh, I noticed it a lot more in this episode, and we I do believe I discuss at length in the beginning of uh, Homecoming how... Uh, I sort of implied that Eliza Dushku was Canadian <laughs> in Faith, Hope, and Trick. Oh, right. Uh, we know that she's not Canadian, just in case you were wondering. Um, she is so obsessed with sex in this episode. She uh, talks about 
kids doing the ditty, Buffy and Scott kicking the gear shift. Yeah, it will, the down low tickle. Yeah, the down low. Does it give you the down low tickle? Uh, and Buffy's like, "How low?" And uh, I was like, mm-hmm. uh, uh. <laughs> "Um, well." And also in the last episode, she was like, "Oh, and I was naked and fighting these vampires." Like Faith's a Faith's a sexual being. I mean, she definitely is, but in this episode, it's like all she talks about. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially right here. Uh, so they talk about Scott, and Faith's like, he's cute. Does he give you the download tickle? <laughs> and Faith says he is a muffin. And Buffy's like, uh, blueberry with the crunchy munchy stuff on top, mm-hmm. which is very cute. But Faith insists that no matter how sensitive they act, all men are beasts. Uh, beast from from manimal to Mister. I love the English page patient, and I was like, from a literal monster to someone who likes a movie, <laughs> likes a, a, it's like a dramatic movie. You're not supposed to like, like you're dramatic supposed to be movies deep. if you're macho. <laughs> like that's the most like sensitive she could think of to describe a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, she says that they're just in it for the chase, and then we cut to a man being chased. Gas! Oh my gosh, what a transition. By an unseen monster, he gets dragged toward the camera, and then we cut to the intro! I was, uh, I just wrote, scary running yoink. Scary running yoink. And, uh, oh, and it is worth noting that, you know, the shots of the camera, like, running through the forest are basically the same as the very beginning of the episode. Yeah, everything with is, the voiceover. it's a point of view of the attacker, so you don't get to see who it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Intriguing. Intriguing, indeed. I'm titillated. <laughs> Are you titillated? I'm titillated. Mm. Uh, we, after the <laughs> my intro... My tits are never late. <laughs> my Nor tit, are they early. My tits come early every time. <laughs> my tits <laughs> arrive precisely when they mean to. <laughs> yes. Uh, a, tit, a tit never arrives late. It, it arrives precisely when it means to. <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <laughs> The joke that I I'm taking. I was I was taking your joke <laughs> and then trying to quote it more accurately and make it my joke. <laughs> <laughs> so after the intro, we go to school the next day, and Willow and Buffy are discussing what Faith was talking about. And Willow does not think that every guy is in it for the chase, which is when Scott says hi to Buffy and uh, runs toward her, and he's like. That was pretty much it. I just want to say hi. Scatope. Yes. And that's when uh, our two new characters, Pete and Debbie, approach Oz, Willow, and Buffy. Uh, Debbie recognizes Oz. They know each other from jazz band because Debbie asks why Oz is not in jazz band this year. Like, she didn't see him. And this is where I'm still perplexed about this. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a whole conversation about this. So, does Sunnydale have or not have a marching jazz band i'm pretty sure that whole thing is just a bit the whole so okay so they have a jazz band but not a marching jazz band right okay because he's like oh the marching uh threw me off because the best jazz is improv and we'd just be going all over the place (laughs) i know it's a joke but like also does the jazz band march anyway it's it still feels Im- ambiguous to me, but I'm gonna go with your interpretation I mean, and that they just have a jazz band that also, doesn't march. It's also just like to uh to give some insight into the Kyle brain. Kyle <laughs> just is very literal most of the time. Uh huh. And you know we were both in band and both music people, so like it's both 
him liter- going through it very literally, but then also being like, but marching is just moving in straight lines to music to the beat. It doesn't matter what kind of music it is. So <laughs> that, yeah. that's part of why he was so confounded by it. Yes. Anyway, I'm still a little perplexed, but I'm going to go with they have a jazz band that does not march. And the marching part was just <laughs> Oz's joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, Buffy notices that Pete gave Debbie flowers, so they're very cute together. And Scott's like, "Oh, we're not we're not at the flower part yet, right, Buffy?" And she's like, "Nah, mm-hmm. no flowers yet." Well, or something about posies, <laughs> pre-posy. Well, yes, we're pre-posy. Uh, Buffy checks the time on Scott's watch, which I thought was kind of cute. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, "I have to go see the counselor." And we see, uh, hear that Debbie has also seen Counselor Platt. Uh, and go has to go see Counselor Platt sometimes. Debura. Uh, and yes, Debura. <laughs> that is so random. <laughs> um, you know what? I had like kind of a epiphany about this. Yes. I was like, she's seeing Platt because she's being abused. Well, so and like, I I I don't know if necessarily that's because she talks about how um, her biology teacher says she has success issues and that has something to do with it. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I'm she could just, just like, be lying. Maybe I just think yeah, she's seeing him because well, I mean that could have I mean the teacher could have said that, but the teacher also could have noticed signs of abuse and been like i think you should see the school therapist and like you know that kind of thing so you know i was just like wow so yeah she's she's been in this therapy you know trying to like deal with this these issues whether it's you know cognitive or not cognitively that's wrong whether she's aware of it or not Uh but yeah and she's just like he's asking me all these questions yeah that's an interesting yeah i hadn't thought of that before i wonder if this is the biology teacher who replaced dr gregory Mm-hmm. Certainly the, wasn't Miss French. I wonder if he's checked the closet for those eggs yet. <laughs> uh, Surely they've spoiled by now. Surely. Or hatched. Mm-hmm. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> so uh, Oz offers his notes for biology to Debbie because he aced the biology final because apparently uh, all you have to do to pass biology in Sunnydale is show up <laughs> because it's very funny that Oz aced the final because he failed his senior year. <laughs> right. He it's the, well, but that's the joke. She's yeah, like, exactly. you're smart enough to do this. You just didn't go to the other ones. No, I no, no, I don't think that's the, I think the joke is that Debbie is failing biology. Like she's not doing well in biology. No, the joke for okay. Oz, what? Are you Deb- talking about in the show? No. Okay. So Please. Debbie's not doing well in biology. And Oz uh-huh. is like, I aced that final. And Will is like, oh, yeah, you must have showed up. Because all you have to do to ace the biology final is to show up. No. She's saying. No. N- no. She says, oh, yeah, I wonder how that happened. Oh, yeah, you showed up. We did not have this argument she, last time. Well, because you didn't bring this up the joke I, is the joke is he didn't go to a bunch of stuff no the and joke that's is that failed. biology isn't hard you just have to show up to pass it no in sunnydale no yes okay she's ragging on oz because he failed even though he's really smart because he didn't try and i think the joke is that debbie is like barely doing anything in biology because it's a super easy class that you only have to show up to pass you think oh, willow is calling debbie dumb to her face no i think she's just making fun of how easy biology is anyway 
let us know what you think because anyway. we're not going to agree agree anytime I don't, soon. How I, <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't think that's I don't get that interpretation. I, I feel like yours is too cerebral. No, anyway. I mean she looks <laughs> she looks at Oz and she's like, "Oh, I wonder how that happened." Oh, right, you oh, showed up. She looked at a person she was speaking to, Kel Surprise. So because anyway, <laughs> she's she, she's making fun of him for not doing for not passing. I don't I think it's my interpretation, but it could it's possible it could be yours. You can interpret you can interpret it however you want. Let to us know what you it. think the joke is there. Oh my god. Okay. So Buffy kisses Scott <laughs> goodbye. Oz offers his notes to Debbie. The bell rings and they all disperse. Uh we cut to the library where Xander's like, I was here all night. Uh, th- this couldn't have happened. And uh Oz and Willow walk in. And Giles is like, oh, no need to panic. <laughs> and Oz is like, poker's not your game because Giles is being really bad at lying. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xander's like, oh, it's no no big deal. Uh, if there were a deal, it would concern a... Oh, and Giles is like, if there were a deal, it would concern a murder that happened last it's night. It's also really funny the way um, Anthony Head plays it because he's like kind of like playing with things on the table very nervously. Like, yes. Like he's like a... He's like know. avoiding eye contact. It's like a kid who's like uh, telling his parents that he broke something. Or something. Yes. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, so Giles mentions that Jeff Orkin was murdered in the woods last night. And that's someone that Oz knew. And that he- was the heir to the Orkin exterminator fortune. The Orkin exterminator <laughs> fortune. It's, it's just a stupid got- joke. <laughs> Wait, are the, who, are, is the Orkin in a, a company of exterminators? Mm-hmm. Oh. gotcha thanks for that (laughs) so uh giles is afraid that oz could be the one who mauled jeff and oz is afraid of that too uh xander's like no everything was secure the cage was locked and the window is open so the window was open there's a means of escape for werewolf oz this is the um the part where i specifically wrote in my notes um xander's looking kind of good in this tight shirt <laughs> yes um but um i think it's really funny i mean it, it it they don't dwell on it too long which is smart because it's just really funny the idea that oz in werewolf form would have snuck out this window and, like climb murdered up, somebody and, and then, then climb back, back in to go but yeah yeah <laughs> that is funny like well better get back in my cage <laughs> yeah i hadn't thought about that before that is uh that's a lot uh xander is saying he only rested his eyes a little now and a little then <laughs> and like, he was there in the morning when i and giles goes woke up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this gives me very bewitched bother- bothered yeah. and bewildered giles where he's just so fucking done with xander and i mm-hmm. do not blame him i would have i would have reacted the same way yeah it's uh, kind of a big deal. Yeah, incredibly. Because if you really want to, I mean, you can debate the philosophy of it, I guess, because everybody talks about how it's like Oz, who is responsible for this murder, with, you know, potentially, when Oz is not in control of himself at yeah, all. Yeah, it would have been Xander's fault. Xander would have 100% and been in. Of naturally, Xander avoids any and all consequences for right. his actions. And he doesn't, he doesn't even, he's not even worried about it. He's not like, I got a guy killed. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit because he's Xander and he sucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did not go this hard on Xander last I just time. think it's uh, it's kind of really indicative, too, of, oh, like, um, 
sort of an underlying kind of issue with this whole episode uh-huh where it like treats like kind of like trauma and mental health things as like the fault of the person who is going mm-hmm. through it oh yes so yeah anyway yeah because like there's no like reason oz should be like i understand like the body i am inhabiting was used to murder someone that like like that's fucked up mm-hmm. but like also it wasn't you and it's the same thing with like the whole angel thing and buffy mm-hmm. being afraid to tell anyone about it like that wasn't like anyway that we can get Which more into everybody that understood at the time and but at different times but somehow anyway we'll ne- can never understand it again we'll we get there's more in the season about that we, that we will uh, discuss so as willow comforts oz we cut to uh counselor platt's office uh buffy walks in she says miss summer's reporting for sanity <laughs> very funny <laughs> there was a uh, poster on the wall that says suicide a permanent solution to a temporary problem oh, jesus fucking christ uh, i ha- i've always hated those fucking suicide posters they're always first of all they're always so preachy and it's like you don't want to be a giant terrible idiot person and kill yourself yeah it's just very minimizing to like what the person is going through yeah exactly i've I've always hated it there was they hung one up outside my classroom when i was teaching and i was like can you take this down please this is i don't Mm. want people to i don't want kids to see this as they're walking into my class i was just thinking like he's sitting at his desk and he just is looking at that all the time well he's not because he's looking out the window smoking a cigarette yes (laughs) yeah uh, so uh that's just all he does all day Yes. Yeah. Counselor Platt is uh, turned away from Buffy and he's smoking a cigarette openly. Was this not, this was illegal by now, wasn't it? Mm. This had, it had to have been. I think, I actually think like um, Arkansas only like fairly recently outlawed tobacco smoking on campus. Like, I mean, it's illegal for underage people to do it, but like, I guess adults technically could. Jesus Christ. That is a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I remember it was a big deal because people would always go try to smoke in the parking lot during football games and people would be like, quit it. And they'd be like, my rights. Yeah. Freedom of speech. You're not talking, sir. Right. <laughs> this is a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Buffy's saying how she doesn't want to talk about her childhood or her life or anything, basically. And she doesn't want to be friends. And Mr. Platt says, we're not going to be friends. I think you have friends already, probably. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he starts off with a really strong point. We're not going to be friends. That would be weird. Yes, uh, I'm your therapist, not your friend. Uh, he says, you actually need a professional who's not too crazy to give you his honest opinion. And she's like, those are your credentials. Not too crazy. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and he says, anyone who claims to be totally sane is either lying or not very bright. Which, you hmm. know, I can I can get behind. Mm-hmm. He says, everybody has demons. And she's like, I don't agree with you on that. And she's <laughs> like, she's like, okay, maybe this guy like understands something. Minor, literal. And then he goes straight to, he goes like right to zero to a hundred immediately. He's like, let's start with why you ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, And she basically immediately spills. She's like, well, there was this guy. He was my first. I loved him. And then things went bad. And he guesses correctly that he got mean after all that stuff happened. Uh, obviously he doesn't exactly understand the gravity of it, but Mm. that's for the audience. That's a little dramatic irony right there. Mm. Mm. (laughs) And he's like, uh, and you didn't stop loving him. Uh, it's, that's not thing to be ashamed of, but if you lose yourself in love, 
uh, you will stay its dog. You'll love will be your master, and you'll stay its dog if you can't get back to being yourself. Mm. Falling in love with love is falling for make believe. Yes. So I've got a nice little uh, another nice little scene with an adult that Buffy, you know, starts to form a connection with. Nothing wrong could happen here. So we cut to the library again, and everyone is there: Cordelia, Oz, Xander, and Giles, and Willow. And Buffy walks in after her appointment, and she's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to ask because everyone's all silent and it's spooky." And then Cordelia goes, "Oz ate someone last night." <laughs> <laughs> very funny <laughs> and xander's like he didn't it, werewolves don't eat people he just kind of played with them and cut him into ribbons <laughs> and they're like no we don't know that it's oz like we could be it could have been anyone and this is where i was like could it not have been like there's more than one werewolf in sunnydale <laughs> we know this oz's cousin jordy turned him so like why are why aren't we ever asking about Jordy? <laughs> right. So they explain to Buffy that Oz might have gotten out of his cage, or maybe there's another werewolf or something else. And I was like, what about Jordy? Uh, so they make a plan. Buffy's going to patrol the woods tonight. Cordelia, Xander, and Willow are all going to check the morgue. And I was like, one of them couldn't stay behind. I didn't understand that. Giles has to go get some books from his house. So they need someone to watch Oz. And Giles is like, oh, we could ask Faith. And I was like, very presumptuous that Faith doesn't have plans tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Oz is like, you're having a Slayer watch me. Good thing we're not overreacting. And I was like, okay, Oz. <laughs> this is a l- they, were, they were just searching for like the only other person who knows about these things. I guess who's not Joyce. Right. Yeah, I don't think Joyce would be a good idea. Yeah, right. I mean, she's she's got a gallery to run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's Nigerian never home. masks to illegally buy. Yes, exactly. Off the back of a truck. Or steal from her uh, from her gallery's exhibits. Or buy S- from the dealer. <laughs> oh, something like that. Who so, sold it to her. She yes. knows a guy. Because she knows a guy. So... <laughs> So Oz starts to like leave because because uh, this is an uncomfortable conversation and Willow stops him and he's like, you know, I kind of have to do this. And she's like, and I want to let you do this, but and she gestures at the clock and it's close to sunset. And so he's like, <sighs> and he goes mm-hmm. in the cage and he shuts it. And this was the first time that I noticed that Oz's nails are painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, go Oz. Uh, buck those gender norms. Seth Green. <laughs> buck them. Buck them. And he says, get away from the cage, Willow. It's going to happen soon. And it, you feel very sad for Oz. And he tells her to get away from him. And that's when we cut to Buffy patrolling the woods. The same ones from Phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the same woods that we've been seeing this episode, too. And uh, she hears something. And then she sees something zoom past her. She runs after it. And then it turns out that it's Angel. <gasps> and he's feral. And guess what, Zach? He's not exactly living off quiche. <gasps> He's got blood all over his mouth and oh his my chest. Gosh. Also, I just think it's really funny. He's just like running laps in the woods. Yes, he's just running around. But also that he found the time to find pants, but not yes. a shirt. Where did he get the pants? Because we saw the butt crack. He wasn't pantsed. Yeah, he does not seem to be in a state where he would care about pants. Right. So I feel like David Boreanaz should have been naked this he, whole time. He's like, pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes like i'm feral but i can't help show people my dick <laughs> right that would be that would that would be too far even for a hell beast who's been tortured for 300 years 
Because, like, surely they could have got creative with angles, right? And, like, just been, like... Yeah, exactly. Uh, her just being, like... <gasps> and then, like, you see the butt or whatever. Yeah, but then Buffy would be too distracted by that dick. That dick. They had to give him pants. <laughs> David Boreon is naked. is too powerful. Mm. So we cut to break. Uh, afterwards, uh, he runs at her and knocks her down, but then she beats the shit out of him. Uh, this is where I wrote, oh, he's shirtless too, yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and it kind of seems like she knocks him out or incapacitates him or something. We cut to the morgue. And <laughs> this is the weird thing where, like, they're going. It seems like they're going in, like, 20 feet apart. From <laughs> yeah. Each other. So Willow's examining a body. And there's this thing where, like, Xander comes up slowly behind her. And you think that Willow's going to get scared. But Xander's the one who gets scared because he sees the dead body. Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, what the fuck, Xander? And then... Oh, and Willow has a Scooby-Doo lunchbox. <laughs> she does. It's so cute. funny because Scoobies. Uh-huh, exactly. She's like keeping all of her instruments in it. Mm. And then uh, Cordelia comes in like 10 seconds later, and she, she and Xander both scare each other, which is very right. funny. He's like, you don't sneak up during crime. Yeah, we're doing crime. You don't sneak up during crime. Very funny. And he's like, wow, Willow, I can't believe you're like, you can stomach this. This is crazy. And they're talking about how the wounds could be from anything, uh, stuff like that. And Cordelia's like, anything with sharp teeth and claws. And Xander's like, do you want to go back to the car, Cordelia? <laughs> and she's like, God, just saying. <laughs> it's very funny. And then Willow finishes uh, what she's doing and she faints mm-hmm. <laughs> immediately. She's like, yep, that's it. And then she's at too much excitement for Comple- the Wilster. Yes, completely unconscious. And that's when Xander and Cordelia are like, this doesn't look very good for us. Uh, this guy was ripped apart by a big wild animal. Mm-hmm. And that's when we cut back to Buffy, who is in the mansion now. Mm-hmm. And she has chained Angel up with she, uh, <laughs> Drusilla's chains. Yeah, she empties out Drusilla's doll chest. Yes. Spike left behind. Yeah, Spike wasn't to get considerate, away. Enough, considerate enough to pack the dolls. He could have mm. thrown them in the car before. And their before. sex chains. And their sex chains, yes. I wonder if she also keeps some holy water in there. For, Probably. Uh, for tor- for uh, some vampire BDSM. Mm. <laughs> uh, so she chains him up. Uh, he tries to attack her. And she sees this, like outline of him like a crime scene outline of him on the floor <laughs> in like soot yeah the outline it made me laugh so hard because it's just like so perfect and i wrote remember when he was Nikki? <laughs> there's the outline of his butt yeah so he continues to struggle we cut to the library where faith is dancing around with some headphones and some music on and buffy like somberly walks up behind her taps her on the shoulder and faith spins around and smacks her yeah it punches her in the face oh yeah it's it's very funny and she's like are you okay she's like i'm bleeding internally but i'm fine (laughs) yes right Uh, and it's nice that we can actually believe that because they're both slayers Mm -hmm. because like if it were any anyone else i'd be like buffy didn't feel that uh so buffy came to give her the rest of the night off and face like okay i'll get in some stakings before sunrise and we see buffy grab the card catalog we cut to the (laughs) You forgot that she told Faith to knock herself out, but not literally, though. <laughs> yes. Don't uh, punch yourself like you punched me. Mm. Uh, so we cut to the next morning. This, this like, the beginning of this scene is so cute to me because Giles, like, walks in with his cup of coffee, and it's, like, his morning routine. Like, he opens the cage for a Nike Oz. Mm. <laughs> 
and I can I, I just I, I I need to take the opportunity every time to say it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why and, would you not? And then he like goes up casually to Buffy and she's like asleep with the book next to her and she wakes up and she's like morning. And it feels like there's this music is like kind of a variation of the close your eyes theme. Uh-huh. Not like exactly it, but like the pieces of it are there. Yes, yes, I noticed that as well. Uh, Buffy tries to hide the fact that she was reading uh, Exploring Demon Dimensions, The Mystery of Akathla. She's like, and Faith still listens to heavy musical. She's like, Faith in her nutty books. Uh, And she still listens to heavy metal music. Heavy musical music? Heavy metal musicals. (laughs) Hey, I've watched that. Mm. Uh, (sighs) And I noticed... That was my heavy metal (laughs) musical moment. Yes. I noted here that it's pretty nice that... Buffy can just stay overnight at the library without like having to make weird excuses uh, for Joyce. <laughs> That's really convenient. Uh, so Buffy is playing this off, and then she eventually she's like, "What if I told you I had a dream about Angel?" And it brought up some questions. And Giles understands, you know, that idea. He experienced a similar thing when Jenny died. And Buffy's like, "Well, actually, this was really vivid." He asks if maybe it could have been a prophecy, and she's like, I don't know, but it made me Mm. wonder, uh, do you think there's a chance that Angel could come back to Sunnydale? And he says, there's no record of someone returning from a demon dimension like this. And uh, she's like, okay, well, if it could, what would happen? And he's like, "Uh, well, time moves differently there, and it seems like it's a brutal place with lots of torment. He probably would have been down there for hundreds of years and being tortured that whole time. He says it would take tremendous will and character to stay yourself and he'd likely be a monster. And Buffy asks if that would make him a lost cause. But Giles says in his experience, there are two types of monster. One who can be redeemed and can be redeemed. And another that's void of humanity and can't respond to reason or love. And Buffy's like, which one is Angel? Hmm. Basically, she doesn't say that out loud, obviously. Did you obviously. say can be redeemed or can be redeemed? Can be redeemed. You just said the same thing twice. I know. I, I think that's what you said. Oh, I meant wants to be redeemed and can be redeemed. Oh, maybe you did say it right, and I just thought you could. <laughs> we'll, we'll, see, we'll see when I roll the tapes later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to see the receipts. Willow comes in. Yes, she has donuts. She was up all night last night. Uh, until the TV did the snowy thing, which I didn't realize until last night was just something TV's like networks did not you mean have until 20- our last discussion. Yes, uh, sorry, I, t- <laughs> I said last night, didn't I? Yes. Um, that TV's like TV stations did not have twenty-four hour programming, yeah. which is nuts. This to was me. like, yeah, I was because I was asking him about it when we recorded before, and he was like. Oh, that's when the infomercials go on. Or I can't remember what you said. And I was like, no, it's just like there was nothing. Uh, well, I was thinking like she was watching movies or something and like reached the end of a tape and like or something. Right, like that. right, right, right. That would have been your experience with it. Which yes, I don't think. I mean, I guess I probably I was like really little. I think whenever I would have been dealing with it because like we had satellite from when I was a pretty mm-hmm. young age. They didn't do that anymore. I don't think yeah. at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Willow is like, uh, it's, this time it's not your boyfriend who's uh, cold-blooded. And then Oz walks up next to them and she's like, jelly donut? Offering mm-hmm. him a donut, uh, which sets up a really fun joke later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow is kind of like trying to avoid Buffy's questions about the body they examined last night. And Buffy is like, really like, tell me like, what the fuck was it? 
and eventually she's like, oh, sorry, I'm just like trying to get the info. And Willow says it's not conclusive. Uh, we cut to lunch later, and Buffy has a plate of three different kinds of jello. <laughs> and she's going to sit down with Scott, Pete, and Debbie. And he makes fun of her jello, and she's like, hey, this one has fruit in it. And he's like, those are marshmallows. Yes. She's very funny. Uh, Buffy's very clearly out of sorts because of uh, her experience last night. And probably getting one hour of sleep total. Mm-hmm. If that. Yes, exactly. And Debbie's like, don't tell Platt you have insomnia. He'll make you start a dream journal. <laughs> yes. Uh, Buffy's like, oh, I kind of like him, actually. And Debbie's like, well... I guess he's kind of funny. And, Pete, and that's when he yes. had to die. Pete's ears prick up at that comment. He's kind of funny. And she's like, but I don't like the things he says sometimes. Uh, and, and this is, I guess you can get from that as well, that maybe she's talking about the Pete stuff in her sessions with Dr. Yeah, Platt. that's where I actually realized it because I was like, I'm guessing he's telling her, like, you're in a bad relationship. you know, Or he's like getting to that point or something i mean he was super direct with buffy and i also don't really think you're supposed to as a therapist tell people what to do yeah, you're right, supposed exactly. to like kind of ask them questions and help them get there on their own but yeah i that's where i had my epiphany and i was like he's been talking to her about pete yeah that makes sense that makes sense to me uh and scott, scott mentions that his mom says therapy can be very helpful and that's when pete's like yeah but your mom has the wattage of a zippo lighter and i was like why why would a lighter have electricity yeah and also why are you calling your friend's mom stupid like how rude oh i think that was uh i thought i thought that was meant to be like she has mental health problems i mean maybe but that's not good either <laughs> no i know i'm just saying i don't think he was saying she was stupid um, I mean, either way, I mean, that's how I interpreted it. But maybe he's saying she's crazy. I don't know. Uh, your interpretations have been rough this episode. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Says you, Zachary. <laughs> we, did, we didn't argue, argue this much last time. <laughs> yeah. So um, Scott's like, uh, I hope you realize I don't know these people. And I just thought you'd like me better if I had friends. <laughs> Which is very funny. Uh, Buffy, however, is very distracted. And she just kind of leaves awkwardly. And Pete's like, look at Scotty like a manic depressive chick. And like, this is where you're like, Pete's a fucking asshole. Like, mm-hmm. he seemed fine earlier, but now he sucks. Yep. Uh, we see Buffy go into the mansion and Angel's kind of crouched down, not doing anything. And she just left school. Yeah. Go, wa- go hang out with him for a while, I guess. I mean, I, it makes sense. I understand. She's like, she can't stop thinking about it. But like was yeah, I mean I guess I, I mean I get it. And I mean it's established that Buffy leaves school all the time for various reasons. Right. She probably shouldn't be doing it right now with Snyder all over Which her. Which somehow they have multiple free periods a day, I guess. Or she skipped class. I mean she probably uh, just did that's that. True. <laughs> but that's something they talk about all the time, like a free period. Yeah, constantly. And I'm just like, man, that would be cool. Would have been so nice, huh? Uh, so she tries to touch him, and as soon as she touches his shoulder, he goes, rah, 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 and <laughs> tries to attack her again, <laughs> he and she runs into, away. He turns into Gabby Johnson, the old frontier man in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> sure. Larry. <She> <laughs> uh, we see now Debbie insisting outside of some storage room thing that she has to meet, <laughs> that she has to meet her friends. Kyle, wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Both 
like as we were watching it and as we recorded last time, he was just like he could not get over the existence of this storage room. It's like, like students hang out in there all the time. It seems like, and it is weird that it's not locked. It's also huge and like it's in this random place in the school. I don't understand. It's just like a storage like kind of room outdoors, it's and it's gigantic. <laughs> Uh, anyway, the, the existence of this room perplexes me about as much as the marching jazz band comment. Uh, so they go in. She's like, I have to meet my friends. But then she just starts making out with Pete. Mm. And they're in front of a jar. Well, because she like really doesn't want to go in there. She tries to make two or three different yeah, excuses yeah. to not go in. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're in front of a jar with a mysterious green liquid that's basically empty. And he says, what is that? You didn't drink that, did you? And she says, no. And he says, Debbie, what's going on? Uh, so we cut to Buffy going into Mr. Platt's office, and uh, we he's turned away from her, just like last time. Nothing's probably wrong. He just does that. Yeah, it's totally normal to greet people with from your back turned your to, back them. to them. Uh, so she's like, don't turn around yet. Just listen. Very <laughs> convenient. And she starts to like be like, uh, I need help. Like, this guy is back, and like I can't tell my friends about it. They wouldn't understand. I don't know what they do. And uh, then she notices that his cigarette is burnt down all the way to the butt. And uh, we get cut to his face that has been, uh, his like eyeball has been ripped out. He's been like clawed in the face or something. Mm-hmm. And Buffy's like, he's back. Sort of implying that she thinks maybe Angel has done this. Mm. Even though it's daytime. Well, that so that's what we established in the next scene. I was confused about that at first, too, but I think now I understand it. So we cut to break after we see him all, you know, ripped up like that. And mm-hmm. again, they did not cancel school. <laughs> this is the same day. Why would you? Ex- why? I mean, they, they find they their bodies I was going to say the they time. couldn't. They'd never have school. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sunnydale High would not be open for business. It's also... Okay, no. no I can't talk about that yet. Never mind. <laughs> so we cut to uh back to the storage room and uh pete's like so it just jumped out and spilled on its own and debbie says she was trying to get rid of it because of how it gets when he drinks it and he says i don't get anyway it's you that does it uh you and your stupid grating voice and this is when he like shakes his head all weird and goes super veiny and that's when his voice gets like this <laughs> is that a different actor I don't know. I couldn't. I think it's just prosthetics, but like he does look very different when he's uh, in this makeup. When he's like, Mr. it kind of changes his eyes in a weird way. When he's Mr. Pete Hyde. Yes. <laughs> so, and he starts to hit her and whatnot. And she, he's. And <laughs> starts to hit her and whatnot. God damn it, Zach. That's the, I, the only thing I wrote about this scene. I, I called it back in the makeout closet and then I just said abuse. Yes, it's very uncomfortable. He's, mm-hmm. like, smacking her around. He ends up, like, shoving her to the floor. Uh, he accuses her of, like, looking or looking at other men, and she denies it. And he's like, ooh, is that what you do in therapy? You talk about your feelings? And, like, it's all, like, very gross, very uncomfortable behavior. And, like, you know, the abu- all the, like, kind of abuser. It's like the abuser handbook where he's, like, accusing her of all these things and Which, hurting uh, her and then... And then being like, but I'm all you've got. Yeah, exactly. At the end. And also, uh, that what he's accusing her of does also does not warrant this treatment, of course. Right. I mean, he's like throwing all these things at her and being like, This is your fault. And then when he when he 
you know, kind of realizes like, oh, I actually really did hurt her. And then he like goes back to normal Scott. And he's, he's like, like, oh, poor me. You know, you shouldn't make me mad, Debbie. And it's like, what a fucking complete piece of shit. What a huge tool. And she's like, uh, she, her nose is fucking bleeding down past her mouth. Mm-hmm. And she starts to comfort him. And she says, it's okay. It's and you okay. know, there is this really weird gray area of this because like they say later on at the end, he was only under the influence of like himself, Mm -hmm. but like, he's also clearly like made himself into this rage monster with this stuff. And it's like, it's weird because it's like this, it's like they realized it. They were like at the end and they're like, Oh, let's put a line in there about how, no, it was just him. Yeah, well, for me, it's just like the the formulas, I think is what he calls mm-hmm. them. They cause him to, when he gets this way, turn to into this out. crazy monster thing that's like super strong. But oh, so he would have he would triggered by anger. Well, yeah, and he would have behaved that way either way. Mm. It's just the formulas. <laughs> that sounds so stupid. I guess they, I just well because to me, I read it as he needed them at first. But then now he doesn't need them anymore. And like he just can do it when he gets mad. But yeah, I, I think what you're saying actually this is this is an interpretation of yours that I think is correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it was like <laughs> he's just like the kind of person who would get angry like this anyway. Mm-hmm. And then but these formulas I hate saying that. It sounds so dumb. Um, like he's a little baby. They're what turns that anger into like the the strength that makes him be able to like do the things he like has these impulses to do. Mm-hmm. Very insightful, Mr. Jones. Thank you. So uh, she comforts him, which is like, uh, imagine a woman having to do emotional labor for a man who just did something fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Ugh. That part made me just like so angry. I know. And, like when she's just like, it's okay. Yes. And it's just like gross. <sighs> Very gross. So we cut to the library. They're talking about Platt and how he's dead. And mm-hmm. uh, they find out that he was killed during the day based on like the coroner report or something. I can't remember what Giles said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think they don't make a very big deal about like Buffy doesn't have like a big reaction to this or anything, but like she must've realized at this point that it couldn't have been angel, which she was seemed to be worried about before. Mm-hmm. So, which is nice. And Willow also goes, yes. Right. I mean, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> uh, but Buff in Buffy's like, I understand. We're all glad Oz is off the hook, uh, but Oz isn't there. And she also understands because she's glad there. Yes, that angel's off the hook. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say her boyfriend, but Angel's not her boyfriend. He's not her boyfriend anymore. Her ex-lover. Her ex-lover with whom she was involved in a tumultuous relationship. Lover. Anyway. (laughs) Was that an Angelus reference? Uh, He called her lover a lot. Yes, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, and then um, she also refers to him as her lover, I think, at one point. (laughs) I don't know if that's happened yet or not. I'm not sure. So uh, we see Oz and Debbie in the courtyard. Debbie is late a little bit to get Oz's notes for the biology class that they mentioned earlier, which was clearly to set this interaction up. Uh, And he notices that she has a black eye (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it's very obvious. And he asks if she's okay. She's like, oh, I fell. And he's like, doorknob. And Oz is clearly catching on. And so uh, she starts to leave after grabbing his notes. 
and uh, he's like, hey, if you want to talk. But she's like, no, I'm okay. And she leaves. And Pete has seen this whole interaction, Mm -hmm. especially the part where Oz touched Debbie's shoulder. How (gasps) dare he? He's putting the moves on Debbie. Yes. What about Debbie? What about Debbie? What about me? (laughs) I was a ballerina. Graceful. Elegant. Delicate. Oh, excuse me. They They had had to go. go. Uh, if you haven't listened to Jinx Monsoon's songified version of the What About Debbie rant from the Adams Family Values, you absolutely should. Mm. What about Debbie? What <laughs> about me? Uh, so we cut to the library. Sorry, Debbie. No new Mercedes this year. We have, have to, to set, set a an good example. example. <laughs> set this! <laughs> <laughs> Is that Joan Cusack? Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> set this! <laughs> and they're, uh, the the family's just like waiting to be electrocuted to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they're, but they also chime in too. They're like, what about your needs? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we have to watch the Adams Family Values. It's, it's, hey. Yeah, we missed it for Thanksgiving movie. Season. It's Thanksgiving movie. No, it's not a Halloween movie. It's mm-hmm. Thanksgiving movie. It is. I'll be the victim. Oh, your whole life. All your life. Or all your life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> and. Mercedes McNabb, Buffy tie-in. <gasps> Fuck yeah, Mercedes it all McNabb, I forgot. This oh was on purpose. God. Harmony is in there. Yeah, okay. the actress who plays Harmony. Okay, God, that was such, that was my fault. Okay, <laughs> so we got to the library. <laughs> and uh, they're like, we have to figure out who this killer actually is. We know who it isn't. Now, who is it? And some sub- depraved, sadistic animal. And that's when Oz walks up and he says, present. Mm-hmm. I, I may be a cold-blooded jelly donut, but... Or My I, timing's I, impeccable. Yes. <laughs> cold-blooded jelly donut. It's so, so funny. <laughs> Will is very excited to tell him it's a daytime monster. Also, cold-blooded, cold-blooded jelly donut is like a good band name, I think. Also, I feel like jelly donuts are inherently cold-blooded because they're filled with jelly, which mm. is cold. And the blood of fruits. <laughs> the blood of fruits. Yes. Mixed with sugar. <laughs> the blood and flesh of fruits. <laughs> so uh, they talk about how there's two victims, Jeff and Mr. Platt, and they figure out that Debbie is the link between the two of them. And Oz is like, yeah, Jeff and Debbie used to horse around. Faith is like, were they screwing? <laughs> right. And everybody just like stares at her for a second. There's like a beat where everybody's yes. like, the fuck? It's so funny. <laughs> and Oz is like, no. He hit her music comp book once. But, I mean, Faith is coming to the conclusion that Pete would have come to. Right? What? Like, oh, so Pete killed Jeff. That any, oh yeah, right, right. That any interaction between them means that they're fucking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tantamount uh, to cheating. Uh, Oz mentions Debbie's black eye. Uh, Willow thinks it might be Debbie at first, but uh, Buffy's like, no, he was dead in an instant. Like, it has to be someone, like, powerful or something. And they're like, what? It's what really it's interesting, Pete? though, that uh-huh. Buffy, who herself is like a, uh, you know, a superpowered super woman who immediately just, just dismisses just, that it could be Debbie. Exactly. What well, it could be Debbie drinking the formula. Yeah. Why couldn't Debbie be the formula roid monster? Yeah. I mean, they do figure it out because of like you know Debbie's black eye. But right. I mean, it makes more sense that way. But that's not how they come to it. Yeah. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. So uh, they faith. Sorry, Faith and Giles. I still don't remember what they 
went off to they leave to do something. <laughs> I, I, last time I didn't remember either. Uh, but Willow and Buffy go to the bathroom to look for Debbie, and Oz goes into the cage. Uh, Debbie's putting on makeup on her black eye, and Buffy says, uh, "You know what works? Don't get hit." And I was like, "God damn it!" The whole okay, so all right. I think from like a show perspective, because which I don't, I still don't understand because Debbie is going to die. Right. Uh huh. I think they made this like intentional choice to try to make you not like Debbie. Yeah. And it's very victim blamey and very uncomfortable and very just shitty. And it's like Buffy has absolutely no empathy for her whatsoever. Well, and she starts the conversation by saying, don't get hit. Right. Like what the, but it's just, how about you don't turn your fucking boyfriend into an evil monster, Buffy? Yeah. Oh, you didn't mean to do that. You were a victim too. You know what works? Don't fuck. (laughs) Yes. So anyway, which is also not her fault. But but okay, same thing though. Yeah, it's like you're blaming her for something that's happening to her, and I mean, it's not like <laughs> it just makes me so annoyed because it's like obviously if it was as easy as just leave, yeah, right, no one would be abused. And I do I do understand Buffy's behavior here because like it's the parallel, you know, Buffy and Angel slash Angelus. And then Debbie and Pete. And Buffy's like, by beating up on Debbie here, she's kind of beating up on herself a little bit. However, Mm. like, there's no indication from anyone in the episode that Debbie is like, I mean, victim. Yeah, that she, they're like implicating Debbie in this, basically. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a very generous interpretation. And I think it makes sense. I don't, I don't feel like that's the intention. Oh, we of it. have we have dueling interpretations again. <laughs> but I no, I mean just like the way it's played in the show. To me, there's nothing. I feel like if they wanted to say that, they would have said it a little bit more explicitly. But but we got to write Marty Noxon. We got to call her. But no, I mean I I agree though. I mean that doesn't or maybe that was the intention and they just didn't do it very well. <laughs> but, yeah, right. But like I just yeah, I just hate this. I don't like this scene at all. Yeah, so basically they're like kind of interrogating her and insulting her the whole time and basically saying part of this is her fault. Eventually, uh Willow's like we can't help unless you talk to us. Uh if Pete kills you, it'll be too late and we're running out of time. We see sexy, sweaty angel break out of his chains. Mm. <gasps> What's he going to do? He books it out of the mansion. <laughs> out of this. It's really funny because this little really fl- flimsy looking bracket thing. Yes. That, I mean. And it, it, d- it Buffy did hold up. But, and Buffy didn't really, she didn't like tie it or anything, did she? She just kind of threw it over the little bracket thing. Well, it's up really high. Well, and it's the bracket thing is like attached to like, it's really weird because it, it looks like architecturally it makes no sense. I mean, not that I'm an architect, but it's like it looks like it's holding up a column. <laughs> Damn. But that's anyway. dangerous. Yeah. So uh, we cut back to the bathroom. She's like, I don't know where to find him. Uh, what if I am lying? What are you going to do about it? Because Buffy accuses her of lying. Mm-hmm. And Willow's like, bad question. And Buffy grabs her by the shoulder and shows her her face in the mirror. And yeah. She says, look at yourself. Why are you protecting him? Uh, and Debbie's just worried that they'd take him away if she told anyone about it. And she could never do that to him. I just feel like it's also really weird to like treat somebody 
who's been like a vic the victim of physical abuse like with like it insinuates she's about to beat her up yeah right and then like but then she just like really grabs her and like makes her look at herself in the mirror and it's like it's still it's just i hate this scene it's just so there's there's just there's no empathy and uh, this is the way uh, tons of people treat women this way and it's like a really huge like internalized misogyny thing with some Mm -hmm. women as well because you see you will see all the fucking time like women will be like if that happened to me i would have just got out right i don't understand how anyone could let someone treat them she doesn't have self-respect blah 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 yeah i mean yeah it's just very like i don't know i i I feel like in a show that's like in many ways very progressive and very ahead of its time, this was definitely of the times. Yeah, and I don't, I can, and you know, you can like transfer that, you know, into whole internalized misogyny thing into this episode was written by Marty Noxon, a mm-hmm. woman, like, and you know, it just really sucks that like it's normal for people to talk about abused women this way right because yeah well and it's also i mean you know (laughs) there's a a trap of assuming that women will have empathy for other women because women in fact are people yeah and have you know varying emotions so yeah it's a lot here and i really it's very uncomfortable i do not like it and they had an opportunity here to portray debbie as a victim of abuse who's being Mm -hmm. manipulated and like is going through all sorts of crazy shit because her boyfriend turns into a monster and gets mad at her and hits her all the time Mm. so it sucks i hate it uh, Buffy says, while you live your grim fairy tale, two people are dead. Who's going to be next? And that's another place I drew uh, the parallel to Buffy and Angel. Oh, yeah. The grim fairy tale, for sure. Grim fairy tale and two people died. Uh-huh. Uh, two people Buffy knew personally, at least Kendra and Jenny. Mm. And Teresa. And Teresa. <laughs> Don't forget about Teresa. Mm-hmm. That's the one who died in uh, phases, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Teresa. She had such good hair. Rip. <laughs> rip and she had like that cute little outfit too anyway <laughs> and all she got to do was get her butt grabbed and get murdered oh yeah oh, god she got sexually harassed and then murdered the same night god damn and it. then staked and then she got killed twice in one episode mm-hmm. oh no so <laughs> so anyway rip um pete goes into the library and sees oz in the cage and he says since when do you touch my girl oh he's not in his monster voice yet excuse me and Oz is like, this is a bad time. You won't believe what's about to happen. And then uh, Pete shakes his head and turns into a veiny monster again. And then Oz is like, or oh, maybe you will believe it. Uh, so uh, we cut to break right after that. Then Pete rips off the door of the cage and he starts uh, to attack Oz. Uh, we cut back to the bathroom. Debbie's like, he does love me. He loves me. He loves me. She's kind of like catatonic at this point mm-hmm. because Willow and Buffy are fucking traumatizing her. Right. <laughs> well, Willow's not doing that much. She's like, Willow's a, a little less harsh than Buffy, but she's still, still is not, not great. great. Yeah, exactly. And Buffy's like, this is useless. I have to find Pete. Uh, they leave, They start to leave. Willow says, I think we broke her. And Buffy says, I think she was broken before this. And uh, But like, it's like, even the way not- you just delivered that had so much more like care in it. She just like is disgusted by Debbie. Right. And can we not discuss people like can we not call people broken please mm. uh any like right well like what, willow's what you... willow's part was a joke and then buffy's is like the like 
I don't know. It's just fucked up. Yeah, it, it is fucked up. I I just I don't know. This is just this episode to me is a blemish on on I'm an wait. otherwise not spotless but like pretty decent record. You know, season episode fours so far have been problematic mm. and bad. <laughs> wait, what are the fours? We had Remind teacher's me. pet. Okay, teacher's pet. Terrible. No no explanation. Worst needed. episode. Inca mummy so girl. Oh, yeah. So bad. What is it with the number four? <gasps> cup holder. God damn it, Zach. There wasn't even a cup in it. <laughs> and then, okay. But next season, uh, I do have to say, they break the curse. Um, What's episode four next season? Episode, I thought, I was like, is episode four of next season beer bad? No, it's fear itself and then beer bad. Mm. So so next season, thankfully, we'll have a I can't wait a good, for beer a bad. A good episode four. <laughs> yeah, and me either. Uh, so yeah, the fucking episode fours do not have a good track record so far. Womp, womp. <laughs> so uh, they leave. Pete is still attacking Oz. He says, did you kiss that whore? <laughs> <laughs> His voice is so crazy. I don't <laughs> Your mother scrubs docks in hell. I was going to say, I don't think he sounded like uh, Reagan in, in, uh, oh. in The Exorcist. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking Darian Lake or, uh, in uh, actually what uh, I was, Scream Queens. Channel. What I was originally thinking was it sounded like the voice from Scream. <laughs> the the Oh yeah, the killer voice. Uh, what is? What's your favorite scary What's movie? What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Please, Dawn, it's Christmas. Please, Dawn, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop. This is too much. Oh my gosh, this is too much. This is too much. I'm so sorry, everyone. Are Aren't you glad we deleted a whole episode and now you get to hear us talk over each other and make dumb references for two hours? <laughs> I mean, that's this entire show. It's true. It's not. I act like we haven't been <laughs> this doing is this what the they, whole time. This is what they come for. So uh, eventually Oz just like kicks him across the room. And I was like, good for you, Oz, because he was still human at that point. And then immediately uh, the sun goes down and Oz turns into a weird looking werewolf. But he ha- he does have the really cool line. Time's, Time's up. up. Rules change. change. Yes. Uh, he attacks Pete. They fight. The Scoobies all meet up together at the library. I still don't remember what Giles and Faith were doing. Mm. Um, uh, Buffy grabs the uh, tranquilizer gun. Maybe they were looking for Pete. Uh, yeah, the, probably being very unsuccessful. Very unsuccessful. Bubby grabs Bubby. <laughs> Buffy grabs the tranquilizer Bubby. gun, and Debbie's like, "No!" and pushes Buffy, and Buffy accidentally shoots Giles in the butt. Yes, and d- what does he say? He says, "Oh, priceless!" Or his bloody, bloody priceless. Yes. <laughs> so and, and then he, he passes out and knocks over a table. Yeah, I that, and that's another little thing too. You're supposed to not like Debbie for I think because she tries to like yeah. protect Scott from being shot or not Scott, right. uh, Pete, Pete from yeah. being shot. Zach, we can't talk about Scott yet. Um, the reason I do He's that in this is because anymore. the, the Actually, actor <laughs> that plays him, it's not the same guy, but it, he reminds me a lot of the guy who plays uh, Scott in Eurotrip. The uh, Scotty of uh, Scotty doesn't know fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand why. I mean, I understand. Debbie probably didn't know it was a tranquilizer gun. Like that's reasonable. <laughs> like she didn't right. want him. She didn't want them to kill him. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, Buffy tosses the gun to Faith. Oh, Giles being shot reminded me of uh shit. What was the episode? Remind you of Ted. Shit. I think it was Ted when uh Jenny shoots Giles the crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Giles always getting shot in the ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Buffy tosses shot me in the ass. Yes, Buffy tosses the gun to Faith. 
tells Willow and Faith to go after Oz while she runs after Pete. Uh, she chases him through the hallway. Faith and Willow chase Oz. And uh, Debbie just runs off somewhere. We see Pete meeting Debbie in the <laughs> storage room. And uh, she's like, I stopped her from shooting you. You have to leave Sunnydale. She knows. And he said, he's like, did you run your big mouth? Did you tell her? And she's like, no, it just seems like she knew. And he's like, and you confirmed it. And he pushes her down. He tells her she's nothing but a waste of space. Poor fucking Debbie. And then uh, we see mm-hmm. Buffy uh, sees where Pete left through. We see Oz attack Faith. Uh, Buffy ends up finding the storage room. And this is where I noticed that I saw it earlier in the episode this time, but the first time this is where I noticed that in spray paint in mm-hmm. this storage room, uh, someone has written Debbie loves Johnny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, you would think that someone like this possessive of their girlfriend would have like painted Scratched over that or something. I wonder, it made me wonder if like originally his name was Johnny and they changed it. Yeah. Pete just sounds like more of an asshole or the props Fuck department. You, Pete. Fuck you, Pete. Yeah, the props department. <laughs> uh, so Buffy checks Debbie's pulse, and it, it's inconclusive to the viewers. And then Pete attacks her. <laughs> and then we get, this is so funny. Uh, Faith is being attacked by Oz, and she's like, where's the gun? And Willow pulls Oz's tail to get him <laughs> to run after her. And then Faith gets up and grabs the tranquilizer gun and knocks out Oz. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he's running away. And I was like, she could have shot him earlier while they were chasing him. Like, why didn't she do that earlier? But then anyway. Then we wouldn't get the joy of seeing Willow pull Willow his tail. tail. Yes. I am glad we got to do that. He has such a short little it tail. It is a really <laughs> tiny tail. <laughs> so funny looking. I am under, that had to have been a discussion too. They'd be like, how long do we make the tail? Oh, I yes. I don't know. Well, it can't be like, if like it's too teddy bear long, tail. then it can't like move. But like, but it can't be like. It doesn't a, need to be weirdly. It doesn't like, need to be dragging on the if ground. If it's a puff ball, that's like too cute. Yeah. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, uh, I want a recording of that meeting. Oh yes, me too. Like, what? What do we need? The props department all just like they spent. They spent a week or two just deciding on the tail for the gay possum. The gay possum, indeed. <laughs> also a cool band name, actually. Gay possum. Mm? Mm-hmm. Zach, we we gotta we gotta get some work going. Time to start a band. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so we first cut... song marsupials. No homosexual marsupials. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> LGBT koalas. <laughs> anyway, so we cut back into get in my pouch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll show you a pouch. <laughs> so... We cut to the storage room again, and uh, Buffy and Pete are fighting. Pete says, you're all the same. Uh, and then Angel bursts in. <laughs> Your Pete voice just keeps going lower and lower. <laughs> How did the Angel find Buffy? Scent. I mean, I wouldn't be... Uh, vampires do seem to have some kind of... They do have a keen heightened scent. sense of he smell. He could smell so. the blood on the uh, bracelet in Reptile Boy. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, also, he knows she goes to school, so. That's true. That's true. I mean, but he is like a feral monster right now. Ish. It's, it's in the back of his brain. So it's like, oh, no, what's Angel going to do? And then Angel starts to attack Pete. And Pete, like, this random guy who ha- drank formulas to turn into mm-hmm. a monster is, like, 
strong enough to take both Buffy and Angel like individually. Damn. I mean, he did rip a metal door off of its hinges. It's true. He's very strong. That was strong enough to hold a werewolf. Yes. Uh, so he ends up snapping Pete's neck with his chains. And then he looks kind of confused. And Buffy's just kind of like staring. And he goes up to Buffy and he says her name. He says Buffy. And this is the first time we can see that like he's not a complete like completely far gone monster like he said Buffy's name he recognizes her yes it's his first line that isn't yes he also goes out of vamp face when that happens and Mm -hmm. then he drops to his knees and he says her name again as he's embracing her legs and uh, she cries as well and like just like Sarah Michelle Gellar's face acting here Mm. like the like the whole like you can just see like the things turning in her head. She's like, what the fuck is going on? And I thought he was like a monster and I didn't know what was happening. And now he's not a monster and he saved me and he knows my name, but he still doesn't seem all there. Also, he straight up just murdered somebody. Yeah. He just killed someone right in front of me. Who was a very strong, but regular person. True. Yes. Uh, And like, what, how am I also like, Oh no. What if someone comes in and sees him? Maybe like, with so much stuff and she's crying and it's, whew, it's a lot. Uh, so, oh, and we also see that Debbie is on the floor dead because she didn't get to survive this episode, mm-hmm. which really sucks. Uh, so we cut back outside the next day in the courtyard. Uh, they're talking about how it's all over school. They're catching up Xander and Cordelia who have just been gone since they were in the right. morgue, basically. Uh, and Cordelia is like, wait, uh, Pete was a monster. Where was I? <laughs> I I actually didn't realize until you just now said it that Xander really wasn't in any of that stuff. What was he doing? I, yeah, right. The, they were making out in a broom closet for <laughs> yes. old for old times' sake. <laughs> uh, Willow uh, explains that he was doing like a Jekyll Hyde thing, and how he mixed a potion to become super mas macho. I can't edit out Zach's yawn there, so uh, <laughs> do it that way you will. Yes. Yes, Super Moss Macho. was <laughs> very funny. There's also a rumor that he drank eight iced cafe mochas. And just lost it. And just lost it. There's also an estrogen theory where he was taking his mom's birth control for some reason. Uh Obviously, none of those were the thing, and it was just him, Buffy says to Cordelia. And then Buffy leaves to go to Scott, and Cordelia's like, great, now I'm going to be stuck with serious thoughts all day. <laughs> right. And I re- I really related to that statement. Like, mm-hmm. you have, you have, you've, like, anytime you, like, wake up the morning after, like, the presidential election or <laughs> the gubernatorial election or like you you just wake up to me it's always like i wake up to a text or like a social media notification that something terrible has happened in the world again mm. and and now i'm stuck with serious thoughts all day so i'm i'm there with you cordelia thanks a lot Grandma. so yes buffy tries to <laughs> oh that is too real zach mm. <laughs> <laughs> so buffy's trying to comfort scott and he's like, well, we were friends forever, and I'm going to be okay, but you never really know what's going on inside someone. You Pretty think, insightful, Scott. Right. And you, th- uh-huh. and you think if you care about them, but you'll never really know. And it's uh, more dramatic irony, because we know that something's going on inside Buffy that he doesn't know about. Hmm? Indigestion. <laughs> 
Heartburn. Just kidding. It's emotional turmoil. <laughs> she just needs a Tums. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we hear more Sarah Michelle Geller voiceover from Call of the Wild. Night came on and a full moon rose over the trees, lighting the land till it lay bathed in ghostly day and the strain of the primitive rem- uh, remained alive and active. I thought it was interesting that the line included ghostly day and we're talking about a vampire here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they chose it intentionally because of him. Yes. Faithfulness and devotion, things born of fire and roof were his, yet he retained his wildness and wiliness, and from the depths of the forest a call still sounded. And while we hear this, we see Buffy sitting kind of far away from Angel, chained up again in the mansion. Is he chained up again? I don't think so. I think he's like He's just kind of like crouched and I think he's like uh fetal position. He's either fetal position crying or like sleeping while like running like a dog or something. Yeah, and she's just there keeping him company because staring at him really intensely. Yeah, she's uh, seems like she's she's like obviously very conflicted and like fucked up about this, but like she knows that Angel is still in there somewhere, so she's a little bit less afraid now. And that's the episode. All right, we've got a couple characters to memorialize this episode. Well, let's fucking skip past Pete, because who, who gives a fuck about him? And let's memorialize... Fuck you, Pete. Fuck you, Pete. Wait, here, wait. Let's memorialize him real quick. Okay, let's raise our glasses. Three, two, one. Pete. Fuck, fuck you, Pete. Pete. Clink. <laughs> All right. Would you like to get us started with a memorial for Mr. Platt? Yes. Mr. Platt. Uh, you were a school therapist who, uh, you know, seemed like you had your own way of doing things. Um, you were a smoker, which, you know, I don't hold that against you per se. It's weird to do it at school. But <laughs> you, uh, you know, had a lot of insight into Buffy. You really got to the quick of what she needed. Uh, Maybe you should have uh, sat facing the door. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have helped you survive longer, but, you know, it's not really fair to victim blame, uh, you know, the dead, so... It's true. Um, gone too soon. But like, I bet also, would have liked it, too. it would have been really cool to have um, a recurring character of color on the show. Yep. Oh, well, it's a teacher-ish person that Buffy liked, so they had they had to go. They had to go. <laughs> Clink. Clink! All right, what about Debbie, Zach? What right, about What me? about Debbie? <laughs> All right, so... Debbie, uh, you know, you really went through a lot in this episode, and uh, you were not treated fairly by the cast of the show. Or by the writers. Or by the writers of the show. And, you know, you had a very human reaction to what was happening to you. And it really sucked. And, and you didn't deserve it. no one gave you really any kind of empathy, and uh, that's rough, buddy. That is rough, buddy. So, sorry, Debbie. We wish you had been treated better. So, uh, we'll... We'll learn from your writer's mistakes, I hope. Mm-hmm. Kalink. All right. As we go through the series, we'll give each episode a score from one to ten stakes, with ten being the best. Zach, how many stakes would you give this episode? 4.5. 4.5. Mm-hmm. Damn. Not into it. Yeah, it's uh, like... There's there are things I like about the episode, like the you know the Angel Buffy stuff is neat, the relationship stuff is neat, just in general, like the Willow Oz, the, the Angel uh, Buffy, not the Debbie and Pete, relationship not the Debbie stuff. and Pete relationship stuff, the good but relationship like, stuff. You know, it's nice to see a little bit, you know, of 
what how how Angel coming back is affecting Buffy and like ooh there's a wrench thrown in things now and yeah. stuff like that. To that's, me, that's what brings it up to a four point five. Mm, it's a little that little continuation there. Uh, I liked. I gave it a five point five. My extra point five was for something I don't remember that I said <laughs> last time. So um, I'm going to say this time it is for Cordelia saying Oz ate someone last night. Right. Yeah, no, I mean... Oh, wait, no, it's for cold-blooded jelly donut. I mean, as an episode of Buffy, there are going to be elements of it that are good. I mean, there's going to be some funny Yeah, and bits. I'm going to give it an extra point five. Cold-blooded jelly donut is good. Uh, the whole th- bit about Xander falling asleep. And <laughs> the him thing being where like he was Xander snuck... When I um, woke up, woke up. And when uh, Xander snuck up on Willow and he's the one who got scared. Yeah, no, there, there were definitely good elements of it. I just really don't like the... Or the Pete and Debbie plot, which is kind of a big chunk of the episode. Well, actually, it's really not. It's like, yeah. well, that's part well, of it why is a plot of the episode, but it's like that's why I didn't you rank, don't know. Yeah, that's why I didn't rank it lower because like there's not like the Pete and Debbie stuff is like maybe twenty five percent of the episode. Yeah, I uh, anyway don't like the way that was handled. Uh, so that's my four point five. I. So our- I very frequently skip this episode on rewatch. Our first big miss of season three. Swing and a miss. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, season two, we, we got some assembly required. So, well, and honestly, it waited a little bit longer this time. Honestly, though, I mean, like, if I just feel like even had they just handled the Debbie portion of the story, that would have made it, it so would have been a much, much stronger story. But also, like, the whole. The formulas thing is <laughs> just such a like a hand wavy like oh we need a monster that's like a person who turns into like a Jekyll Hyde situation they're like ooh let's just have him use formulas <laughs> it's just I, so silly to I me. don't have the same hang up on that word as you but it I get it sounds so weird <laughs> all right let's move on all right <laughs> so well uh, it's time for us to do MVP Kyle who slayed this one for you. Willow. Willow's, That's what I put too. Willow's so supportive and sweet toward Oz in this episode. And it's just nice to see. I really mm-hmm. and she did all the investigation stuff and she like held basically like she held her breath and she was fine while investigating the body and she waited to pass out till after. Hmm. And you know, and she was like she was so supportive of Oz the whole time and I just think I just think Willow did real nice in this episode. I really liked her in this episode. Yeah, I agree, Willow. That was my pick as Willow. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's move on to a quick queer analysis of the episode. Zach, what you got for us? Yeah, I didn't go super in-depth on anything. Like, I mean, there wasn't just a ton of like super queer stuff to me in this episode or nothing that jumped out to me, really, mm-hmm. except, I mean, you know, there is an element, you know, in the queer community of dealing with, you know, these kind of unhealthy relationships sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it does add an entire factor, uh, you know, being, having queerness, you know, around it because particularly like in, in places like where we're at, where it, you, you kind of feel really isolated mm-hmm. as a gay person because there's not just a ton of other gay people around. And so I think for a lot of people, like that can be a factor in their decision to kind of stay in these unhealthy relationships because they're like, who else am I going to be with? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it is definitely something that people in the queer community have to deal with. And 
that's that's just kind of what where I went with it, like kind of looking at how that can um, just kind of add these layers that make it you know even more challenging to get out of an already bad situation that's already hard yeah. to get out of. Um, and then you also you know even the isolation for queer people in places like where we're at, we're in the rural South. It's like you're isolated from other queer people and you, you know, might not feel comfortable talking about it with your family. Yeah, exactly. They might like pointedly never mention your boyfriend or (laughs) like, it's just something you don't talk about or something. And it's weird. So also from like a little bit more of a meta perspective, there's like the assumption that all abusive relationships are a man abusing a woman. Mm -hmm. And obviously with queer people, they can still have abusive relationships, even if they are the same or similar genders or not a man and a woman Mm -hmm. in some way. So like, it's just very like, it's all, it's just one of those things to think about. Like this is, it's a very gendered thing. It's always represented in this kind of way. And also yeah. um, the way that they like sort of blame Debbie for quote unquote, letting it happen mm-hmm. when uh, people can be very dismissive when these things happen already to women who like generally hold less power in this sort of dynamic and then we transfer it over to queer relationships, especially same-sex relationships. And it's like, well, why are you doing it? You guys have, like, a similar amount of strength biologically. Like, why can't you just right. meet him? Like, those <laughs> sorts of things. Uh, yeah. And, but, well, and then also it's like, I it's there's that whole cultural thing about how, like, man-to-woman violence is publicly like very looked down upon right mm-hmm. like you, you should never hit a woman blah 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 but then yes. like nobody really ever does much about it yeah exactly but that that wasn't where i was even going with that but yeah like just that whole idea of like for you know in in a relationship where maybe it's not a man hitting a woman it's like two women and then they're just kind of like what you said it's yeah. like Oh, that's just it's like two women. No, oh, well, no, they're just they're having just a fighting. Cat fight. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and just being very like dismissive of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely another added layer for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's also like there's probably something you could say about the you know the whole theme of this episode episode of the beast within and mm-hmm. uh, you know you could maybe make a little parallel with that. To maybe your beast within is your gay self you don't want to let out mm-hmm. but you know in this episode the beast within is always a bad thing that you want to overcome or, so. or it could be your queer rage your queer rage <laughs> that's our band that name, is, yeah that is our band queer name. rage <laughs> that's our next podcast queer mm-hmm. rage queer queer queerage queerage <laughs> yes all right well that's the queer analysis uh let's talk about the gayest moment of the episode kyle what was the gayest moment of the episode? Xander can handle Oz's full Monty. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see that. Honestly, mm. we got hot Xander in this episode. We got naked Oz in this episode. Mm. Like, put put them together and what do you get? Rule 34. Gay porn. Yes. <laughs> Bippity boppity boo. I'd be fine. I'd be fine seeing that. You know, consensually, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to make sure. They, they have to be okay you with me seeing it. You wouldn't want them to be handling each other. At gunpoint. I wonder if, like, before they decided that Xander wasn't going to be gay, if they if there was ever a thought, like, what if Xander and Oz ended up together oh, after... I, I 100% feel like this is a breadcrumb for Xander being gay. 
Yeah, like maybe they didn't decide it yet. Like what if Willow and Oz like started dating and then Xander found out that he was not jealous of Oz. He is actually jealous of Willow. Mm. And because like the thing with him like being so hung up on Oz before, mm. like in phases. And then he and Oz started. That would be mm. s- that I would. Oh, my. I feel like Oz fan fiction right there. I feel someone like Oz is like pansexual. Yeah, I would. I and you know he's already he's already bucking those gender norms, like I said earlier, with his painted fingernails. You know, us ABB, always be bucking. Always be bucking. That's right. All right, Zach. Do you want to sum up and tell everyone where they can find us? I suppose. I suppose. Uh, well, that's it for becoming part two. Just kidding. Well, that's it. You've for... done that. Did you do that last time? <laughs> I think so. Well, that's it for Beauty and the Beasts. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And even if you didn't like it, you could still follow if you want. Yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and um, uh, support us by leaving a five-star review and rating on... Nope. Support us by leaving a five-star rating and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at BuffyGazePod. Yes. Uh, you can also reach out to us through email at BuffyGaze at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash BuffyGaze. Please share us with your friends. And before we go, I want to read a new review we got on Apple Podcasts. A we're review. up to, on Spotify, we're up to 29 five-star ratings. <gasps> mm-hmm. And we have a new review here on Apple Podcasts from KS-Oasis. Uh, it's titled, Can We Be Friends? Three question marks. <laughs> Absolutely, we can be uh, friends. Yeah. KS-Oasis. I feel like I found my people when I found this podcast. The intersection of queer and Buffy is where I wish I could live all the time. And listening to Zach and Kyle dissect each episode is a treat I look forward to. Please never stop! Exclamation point. We're not going to stop, KS- KS-Oasis. Stop, KS-Oasis. <laughs> yes. We are going to keep on going and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening this has been season three episode four of buffy the vampire slayer join us next week for our episode that totally hasn't been recorded yet homecoming yeah. Ooh, so exciting Ooh, i love homecoming vote for me uh no vote for me <laughs> excuse me bitch excuse me bitch <laughs> Uh, God, I'm trying to th- remember a line from the episode to say. Just because you were guacamole queen when you were three years old. <laughs> um, vapid whore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, till next time, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we are your Buffy. A Buffy. A gaze. Happy slaying. <laughs> a goodbye. Bye. This week, the Buffy Gaze recap season three, episode four of Buffy Buffy's. <laughs> New show. I've heard of that show. <laughs>